0: wow, well, here we are. It's the first time I've preached to real people in six months. I'm normally talking to a a camera lens, and you are a lot prettier than camera lenses, I can tell you that much. Um, I think one of the most useful things that I could do, and I'm going to attempt to do it tonight in 20 minutes, that's impossible, but there you go, we'll we'll go with it. I want to talk about what I think God is doing. Now, um, the great temptation of a moment like this is that all we really want to say is comforting things, but who knows that when you go to a doctor, you you need to hear the truth. Is, is, yeah, well, I, sorry, you can't say yeah. Can you? I've got to get used to that. Just just kind of wa- wave at me or something, or, or you know what I mean. Um, we'll have to like. Get your hanky yet? No, no, that doesn't sound very hygienic either. Let's not do that. Um, but so I want to attempt to talk about what I think God is doing, what is happening in the world, and um, because ultimately, what that will give us is a bit of a sense of a plan of how to get through what is going on right now. Is that okay? So to jump into it, because we don't have time for preamble, because these are short meetings, I'm going to speak from Hebrews 12, verses 25 to 29. If you've got a Bible or you've got it on your phone, it's fairly well known, but there's some nuances in in it that you might find uh, useful if you can actually see it on a phone or a tablet or or the good old-fashioned real Bible, if you know what I mean. Um, And this is what it says. I'm going to carry on, because again, we are a little short of time. It says this, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. Imagine Mount Sinai and God speaking and the earth trembling, okay? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire wow terrifying bit of scripture right but who knows? uh, Revive, we are the SAS of Christianity. I'm not going to give it to you easy. We're going to do it biblical. Is that all right? But understand this, that God is a God of love. God is a God of hope. He has no plans to harm you, only to bring you a hope and a future. But we want to know what is happening in the world really right now. Who would agree with me by a wave that you feel a shaking is going on? Anybody? Right, The heavens are shaking, the earth's are shaking, there is an agitation that means in the heavens and on the earth right now we can all feel it. There's a spiritual agitation, there's a physical agitation. Romans 8 talks about the whole earth groaning as in the pains of childbirth, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. There's a groaning going on in the earth, there's a very natural groaning, there's a spiritual groaning. I don't know if anybody you can can sense it, but I really sense the judgment of God in amongst all the turmoil of all the things that are going on. There's a sense of God speaking to the earth and speaking to the world. He's speaking to the church. That's the scary bit. We'll get there in a minute. But he's also speaking to the world. And so, in amongst all of the storm of turmoil going on right now, we need to try and find some clarity. And as the people of God, we need to ask the question. So, what do I do? I know from my real reading of the Bible, not Sunday school reading, where God is Father Christmas and He's just a sugar daddy. I know from my real reading of the Bible that there are many times when the earth shakes, when the nations tremble, when God speaks, and entire nations leap like a calf. He is powerful. He is not Father Christmas. So, what on earth is going on? Anybody want to know? Well, that's what. Thank you, Mom. That's where we want to go. Okay. That's what I'm looking at. And I'm only going to really speak into two of these things because we don't have the time to do it all. Um, If you've been listening to the online broadcast, you will have heard me talking about the fact that I believe, too, God is speaking a new era into being. And we've spoken lots about that, so you can go back and look at that. I'm just going to concentrate on a couple of other things tonight and see if we can make a little bit of sense of it. The first thing that I want to say is that God is shaking the heavens we have an agitated spiritual realm. Does anybody feel it? You will feel it through, Through there is natural fear and natural exhaustion, but there is something deeply spiritual going on. So let me explain a little bit of that. Not going to do it terribly well in the short time that we have, but we'll do a little bit. Is that okay? First verse in the Bible, in the beginning God. The word God there is the word Elohim, and it doesn't just mean God, it means any spiritual, invisible, but real being. The word Elohim is used over 2,000 times in the Old Testament. It is a word that speaks of not just God, but gods. Now, we know from Genesis 1 1 that God is the original invisible, but real spiritual being that created everything. Are you with me? But also, there are gods. Now, These days we tend not to believe. too much, but think about it. The language may change, but if you go through the pages of the Bible, we are shown that there are invisible but real spiritual beings. You might call them evil spirits, angels, demons, archangels, uh, cherubim, seraphim. In the New Testament, you talk about principalities and powers and authorities. Um, You talk about princes in in places in the Bible, in the Psalms, they're called sons of the Most High even. There's a sense that there are powerful spiritual beings. Now, when you look at the Bible, and and our, our knowledge is limited, right? But when you look at it, you'll find that very often these powerful spiritual beings have some kind of rule or role over regions. In the great story of Daniel, you'll find that uh, that he 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 meets uh, was it was it Michael that came to him and he said I've been I've been delayed by the Prince of Persia and later on it talks about another Prince that is over Greece when Solomon's heart is turned to other gods he is turned to the gods of modern places like uh, Lebanon and Jordan we call them today in other words there are spiritual beings over geof- geographical regions in a heavenly realm and there is a great agitation going on. The first commandment is that you shall have no other gods before me. That isn't idols, that's different. The second commandment is you shall have no, not bow down to other idols. There is powerful spiritual beings in the world, and you can feel the agitation. I remember once turning up to a game reserve in southern Africa, and as we arrived, you know, these nice thatched huts and and and, and a a gate to enter the game reserve. And there was this game ranger, and he was clearing out a nest of cobras. And so he agitated the nest, and he got this pole, and he stuck it in the nest, and suddenly the lawn was full of all these little cobras splitting off into different directions. They were agitated, and some of them headed into the loo, and Vic was like, I just wanted to go in that loo, so I had to go in the loo with her and make sure there wasn't a cobra in it. There's an agitation going on in the spiritual realm. These beings are very real. If you go abroad to another country and you see a temple, not a, not a Christian church, but a temple. Come on, work with me. Have you ever walked by and thought, okay, that one's just a nice bit of architecture. I don't sense anything. Then you walk by another and you go, oh boy, there is a being somewhere In the earth right here. Now sometimes it's not a temple. You walk through a street in your own city and you go, oh boy, there's a being. Isn't it strange that different cities report repeated kinds of crime and insidious malevolent behaviour again and again for generations in one particular area. There are gods, beings, demons. Now, let's get some good news for a minute. When Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished... He came to destroy the works of the evil one. Thank you, Keith, for that socially distant clap. Okay, Jesus came, and there was no casting out of demons in the Old Testament, but the moment Jesus turned up, he started shifting demons around, saying, no, now you are under my authority, I move you. He started to agitate the camp of the enemy. But who knows, there is still a kind of battle going on. Here's a decent picture, Um, the end of World War II. Uh, D-Day is the day the Allied troops landed on the beaches of Normandy and broke the spine of, of the German Empire, right? You with me? But for a whole year after that they continued to fight right all the way through France right into the streets of Berlin and it was a year later on VE Day that the skirmishes ended and the defeat was complete. People, you and I, we live between D-Day and VE Day. He has defeated our enemy But listen, but we still wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. Can you feel it? Anybody felt like you've been under the armpit of a demon recently? Come on, the heavens are agitated right now. You can feel the fear. You can feel the fatigue. You can feel the restlessness in your own spirit because beings are agitated. I'm going to tell you what to do about that in a minute. Is that all right? That's the first scene. There's something going on in the heavens, and we need to walk with God while he shakes the heavens. Because listen, people of God, it's happened time and time again in the past. If you stay close to God while the heavens shake, you can be in peace. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you how to do that in five minutes' time. The second thing, and this is a tougher one for us, so listen up, but I believe it's the Word of God, so I'm going to preach it. I believe there is a voice of judgment in the air. Isn't it a weird time? I don't know, I don't know what you thought, um, and I'm going I'm to tread carefully now. No, I'm not. I'm going to go for it. Um, we started this pandemic, and then we are we, we just, what, A few weeks into lockdown and suddenly the whole area of racism raises its head now i don't know about you i might be being an insensitive white person but a little bit of me kind of slightly thought for a moment can't we just get the pandemic over then we can deal with this but listen In all of this storm, some of which is the enemy, some of which is God, there's lots of things going on, there is a voice of judgment going forth. And somehow in the storm and the shaking, when God says enough is enough, things start to rise to the surface. Don't you find it strange that here this pandemic that is taking people's breath and then George Floyd lays on the ground saying, I can't breathe. Can you hear the voice of God in the nation saying something is going on? You see, when he shakes the heavens and he shakes the earth, it's so that he can shake everything that can be shaken. There's a judgment coming both to the world and to the house of God. Why is abortion back on the agenda right now? Because God is saying enough is enough. Imagine... Imagine the tiny amount of evil and malevolence that you and I watch. It's tiny. There are children in the room, so I'm not going to go into details, but think of the most wicked things done to the most innocent lives around the world. And God watches it day in and day out. Now, I thank God that his name, when he reveals himself to Moses, he's the God who is slow to anger, Thank God for the word slow, anybody. It means his anger is under control and only used when it's right to use it. But he is slow to anger. There comes a moment when God says to the world and to the church, enough is enough. There's, there's, I, I think there's a judgment going on in the church right now. He, he's, perhaps some of what's going on is he's saying, guys, You're really happy to come and sing every week, but have you noticed you're not leading anyone to Jesus? You see, the start of this passage about the shaking in the heavens and the earth, he says, Be careful not to refuse him who speaks. Then how does he speak? He shakes. In Psalm 29, you get this picture of the voice of God going out and it's the voice of God that thunders and it's the voice of God that rips trees bare and causes whole nations to leap like a calf. The voice of God goes forth and when it does, there's a shaking that takes place. But here's the thing. Time and time again, Jesus said, let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. We need to hear what God is saying in the midst of this shaking. It in the storm anybody I'm preaching good maybe just maybe it's, again don't you find it weird I'm not being definitive just hear my heart for a minute that the prophets at the end of last year and beginning of this year all saying it's the decade of the mouth and here we are all muzzled up but then I wonder if God's saying no Actually, I'm just showing what you've been like the last two decades. About abortion. You've given up. You think we're not strong enough anymore. About sexual immorality. We've lost the war. Actually, maybe this is what we have looked like in the spirit for a couple of decades. I don't know about you, this is piercing me. When God said this to me this afternoon, I was like, oh boy. I was complaining because we couldn't praise. He was saying, no, you kind of look like that for a couple of decades to me. You've given up on the wall for the morality in the heart of the nation, oh boy. Who are we really? God help us, amen? God help us. Let me say a few things about God's judgment. Because God, God judges. I, I I know some churches kind of preach a Father Christmas version of God, but he's the God of judgment. Sometimes his judgments are very present. They're right now. You know, like, you know, Jesus did get angry. There's stuff that he hates. You know, he makes a whip and he turns over the tables in the temple and, and God, that's a stir, right? And and, uh, and so that's God's present judgment. Kind of right now, he turns stuff over. But also God's present is sometimes future. Anybody, the kind of, There'll, there'll be a, a, a judgment seat one day, and we will stand before it. But I don't know about you. I'm really glad that I get to hide under the blood of Jesus, hide in the righteousness of Christ. God, look at me and say, "I see Jesus." And all He's going to judge me for is to reward me for the things I've done. Right? So there's a good future judgment. I'm judging you. You passed. Well done. You've been under the blood. You stay close to Jesus. Is a future judgment. Sometimes God's judgment are direct, like when user reached out his hand to touch the ark and God strikes him dead there and then. And We kind of think, well, that's Old Testament God. That's kind of grumpy God. But then he becomes Nicky Gumbel in the New Testament, right? And he gets a posh English accent and sounds nice, but... You remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira when they lied about their ties now now work with me for a minute we know that God is just so all I can say is there must be more to the story than is written in the book there must be a build up because he's slow to anger but it was his direct judgment but listen take 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 joy in this it's extremely rare Whew. and often it happens in much lesser ways a preacher friend of mine was preaching and You know, afterwards, when he tells the story, he said, if I'm honest, I was getting a little bit too full of myself. And then one day while I was preaching, and I'm in the middle of one of these stories that really is saying what a wonderful person I am, I fell off the platform. It was a platform about this high. He fell off the platform onto the floor and landed there on his butt. And afterwards, he sat down next to his wife, and he said, what do you think that was all about? And she said, I think God was just telling you you need to humble yourself. Do you know every now and then God has a direct involvement on putting us on our butt. Anybody know what I mean? Right? I heard the story once of a guy that would not stop smoking. Now smoking isn't the worst thing in the world. But God was telling this guy quietly building up on him. Come on I want you to stop. I'm going to empower you to stop. I'm going to help you to stop. And he would not stop. And then eventually something miraculous happened. A hand appeared and slapped him across the face and said now stop it. Suddenly he stopped. God's direct involvement. But listen, this is the most common one. The last way that God moves in judgment is passive judgment. And it means this, I will simply let you begin to reap what you sow. I've protected you up till now. You've kept on moving in sin and and I've let it keep going for a while. You've kept on, let's say, making bad financial decisions and I've protected you. I've dug you out of that hole again and again and again. But now I'm going to just let things take their course. God allows nations to invade nations as passive judgment. I'm going to let free will take its course and show you what the heart of man does to itself. Now, when I look at the world today right now, I see all of those forms of judgment going on. It is a powerful and pivotal moment in history. And I think we would be unwise to call it any other. So how do we get through a time like this? Well, thankfully, through the pages of the Bible, we have a count after account of how to get through the shaking and come out into the favor of God. Think of Noah. One of those pivotal moments, if you've read my book, one of those 500 year moments. And here is Noah, and he is about to go through a global shaking and a global judgment. It's kind of like we're going through right now. What does he have to do? It's real simple. Do you know, it wasn't the ark that saved Noah. It was his righteous walk with God. Come on, work with me. Work with me. See, I can't ask you to say it, but whisper the word distinction. You see, you are supposed to be different. Why? because you're covered in the blood of Jesus. You're made righteous by the blood of Jesus. You take the, don't live like the world, come over to Jesus' side and say, right, I'm hiding in the ark of my walk with God. I'm hiding away under the blood and the covering of Jesus. In the midst of the storm, there is an eye that has nothing but peace in it, and it is to walk right close to God and find that through a period of storm and judgment, He keeps you. He holds you because you are his. You are distinct to the rest of the world. He loves you. He is committed to you. He will hold you by his side. What must we do? We must hide in the shadow of his wings till the storm passes by. Paul, you better start playing the keyboard. I want to sing that one that you did last because it fits what I'm saying. In the shadow of your wings. All right, in a minute. So what do we do? We hide. Righteousness hides you in the ark. Stay close to God. When Israel was leaving Egypt, remember the ten plagues? I mean, this was a storm. And amazingly, every one of those ten plagues corresponded to an Elohim, one of the Egyptian gods. God's. And they even managed to recreate some of the magic that Moses and Aaron was doing. Do you know what I mean? The signs like the snake and things like that. Then eventually God puts his foot down and says, no more. And it is a time of great turmoil. You know, just before it's about to get glorious, it usually gets darker. But what are they to do? Hide away under the blood. And it will not touch you. Hide away. Hide away in your intimacy with God. Hide away in the righteousness of Jesus. It will hide you on the day of judgment. It will hide you today. And they hid as the dark storm of judgment passed over. Let's not pretend we can understand God's judgment. I can't. I just take a little sniff at it and go, okay, I don't understand it. But I do know basically this. I can hide close to him under the shadow of his wing. Even when Jesus was died, died and was resurrected, the disciples had to go hide. Hide in their new robes of righteousness because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Hide in a place of intimacy with God till the Holy Spirit came. They hid in their intimacy with God until they were able to step into the new season. Listen, every time a global or national or personal shaking has taken place in the Bible, and as far as I can see in history, it has been the birth pangs of a glorious new season in God. Like time and time again, what do I do? Well, number one, we have to admit I'm not in control. It's okay to admit I don't like it very much. But we have to say this, God, time and time again, when your people hide in you, they come out of difficulty, of lockdown, of floods. They come out with plunder. They come out with glory. They come out with peace. They come out with hope. The judgment passes them over. Why? Because they're willing to to stay close to him. It's all we need to do is stay close. Two more things from the passage I read at the beginning. First of all, it says this. Do not refuse him who speaks. The the whole context of this is it looks like thunder and it looks like storm and it looks like rage. And you don't even know if it's God or the devil. It all just looks a mess. But actually, in the midst of the noise, I'm speaking with a still small voice. Do not not refuse my voice I've never known a time like this to to get a journal get a pad and pen and be writing and listening to God don't hanker for church that was don't let your emotions get taken over with the sorrow and the grief of what we've missed it's time to hear God and say okay God what do you want to do it's almost like God has said enough is enough stop for a minute you need to hear me have you heard the voice of God for this season Have you nestled into the shadow of his wing and say, okay, God, I can see the world is shaking for many different reasons, not just God. I will hear your voice. Then the second thing it goes on to say in the passage, and I'll end with this. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I like that. In all of the shaking, there's one thing that's not going to shake, so I advise you stand very close to it. You ever been on the London Underground? Alright, When you're going on the London Underground and suddenly you get to a rattly bit, you know, see so you were okay. Sometimes I try and man it out. You know what I mean? I'm just going to stand. I'm not going to hold anything. I'm just going to stand and kind of let my hips do the talking. Do you know what I mean? I'm just going. I I can handle it. Then it really starts to wobble, and suddenly I'm reaching out for something that is not movable, and I grab and I pull myself close. And suddenly I'm still again in the eye of the shaking. The word "receiving a kingdom" means to stand beside and grasp with the hand. It's time to stand beside God grasp with the hand because He is immovable in the storm. His grace is sufficient. His voice will hold you. He's lining you up for a new era. He's lining you up for great things in God. Time and time again through the Bible you find after the shaking comes glory. In Haggai's version of this passage, he goes further. He says, yes, once more I'll shake the heavens and the earth. Then do you know what the next line is? And I will fill this temple with my glory. That's what shaking is about. Glory is coming. Purpose is coming. But he will cleanse us. He'll cleanse us. So that we're ready to step into a new season of glory.